1: great to have you along for the ride thanks a lot for stopping by I was glad to have this guy back he's a friend of mine movie maker he's a movie producer he's also a great author he's one of the greatest minds we have in this country today it's Dinesh D'Souza Dinesh how are you good to see you man
2: Hey, Joe, it's great. Good to be back, and thanks for having
1: me on. I want to say this right off the top, because I mean this. Your daughter, Danielle, is a star. And uh, the book that she wrote about, about being pro-life and just uh, the way she presents herself, she emceed that thing at Mar-a-Lago like, like no other could. But you've got to be super proud. This young lady, is really, she's, she's making a real name for herself.
2: I mean, she's come into her own. She was quite shy growing up and also in college. She was involved with Christian Union, but she really was a little scared of the Dartmouth Review. They were a little too out there for her. <laughs> and it wasn't until her, really her senior year, and she saw the intolerance firsthand. And I think she realized enough is enough. And so she joined the board of women for Trump and she started speaking at Trump rallies. Yep. So She's uh, she's come out as a major MAGA Trumpster.
1: Well, well, she's got what her dad has, and that is she's not going to back down when she's got the truth on her side. And you've done this since I've known you, and since way before we even met. I mean, you've got the truth, and you stick to it. And I want I want to switch right to Two Thousand Mules, the movie that we saw at Mar-a-Lago for the premiere. And thanks again for having me. It was amazing. My mother, the whole time, my mom who's, who was celebrating her 80th birthday, I brought her as my date. She said, "Joey, how, how did they get away with that?" Like she could not believe because she has not heard in any of the media outlets exactly what went down with, with you know, privately paid for drop boxes and, and video surveillance and geo-tracking showing what was really going on. Have you heard that from a lot of people that saw the movie? And by the way, the book is out now. Go to 2000mules.com and get this book right now. But has everybody sort of done the, Dinesh, how did they get away with that?
2: That's been the general reaction to anyone who sees the film. Uh, I think the left is hoping that we, people will read the so-called fact checks, and then not match them up against the film. Because if you only read the fact check, they seem to be making plausible points. Like they'll say things like, well, maybe this geo-tracking is catching a lot of cab drivers who happen to be just driving by these drop boxes. They don't go to the drop boxes. But of course, if you see the movie, you see the surveillance video. A man jumps out of a car. He looks left and right to make sure he's not being observed. (laughs) He has a backpack full of ballots. He's wearing latex gloves. So if you see the movie, it kind of settles the argument. And that's why the movie has a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So the thing that a book can do, though, is it can provide the information in a more thorough comprehensive systematic way it can also answer the critics so all of this is in the book it goes beyond the movie and it's but it's a nice compliment to them to the film
1: no and i hope everybody goes and gets it because having that book available is say when uncle oscar comes over for thanksgiving that was debunked oh yeah watch this um and it's interesting i'm on 170 stations now and one of the stations had a newscaster i guess i can't hear them during the breaks um, that said uh, 2,000 mules, which was debunked. I mean, in newscasts, they're actually saying this now, Dinesh, and I had to fire off an email and say, hey, this hasn't been debunked. What are you talking about? And any of the, the so-called fact-checking that you and I are now speaking of seems to be relying on, well, the person probably went and voted and then grandma lived near the Dropbox and hung out at grandma's house for a while. But again, you've got video that correlates... Wasn't it John Roberts, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, Dinesh, who said in 2018 that geo-tracking is so specific that the U.S. government can't use it against Americans because it's a violation of the Fourth Amendment? Did I get that wrong? That's a quote from the
2: Carpenter case, I believe. And um, look, you know, through the vote set a very high bar. You had to go to 10 or more drop boxes. And let's remember, these are ballot drop boxes. So you can't say, you know, yeah, I had to mail my mortgage on Monday and my utility bill on Tuesday and I wrote my mom on Wednesday, because this is not the U.S. post office. This, these boxes are only for ballots. So what innocent explanation is there for someone going to 10 or more drop boxes? And then If you're identified as a mule who did that, they build a pattern of life around you. True the vote goes to the extent of saying, okay, well, could it be that this guy just takes a walk and likes to stop and, you know, have a cigarette at these drop boxes? And so in other words, let's look to see if this guy does the same thing at non-election time. And the answer is, no, they don't. So now you know that this is a unique pattern of behavior catered specifically to the 2020 election.
1: I urge you to get the the book. If you haven't seen the movie, make sure you see the movie. It's 2000mules.com. 2000 is spelled out like a number. 2000mules.com. It's Dinesh D'Souza who made the movie Uh, True the Vote did an incredible job with this. What, what's kind of amazing, and I think is is the ultimate debunk of the debunks, and, and tell me if you agree, Dinesh, is that January 6th participants who were rioting at the Capitol, they caught them using geotracking technology. Did they not?
2: Yes. In some cases, they had video, but not in all cases, because sometimes the guy's looking the wrong way. You can't see his face, so you can't be sure it's that guy. Well, how do they know it's that guy? The answer is they go get his phone and his phone identifies him as being within a few feet of that location. And this, you can see this in the charging documents. Mr. X is 20 or so feet outside the front door. Mr. Y is 30 feet inside the front door. So this is what makes Bill Barr's statement particularly perplexing. He's the former head of the the DOJ, and the DOJ and the FBI use this technology quite literally every single day.
1: So when when people continue to attack the movie, you're above reproach. By the way, my favorite, you didn't ask, but my favorite scene has to be where the one lady walks up, has her latex gloves on. She's stuffing the ballot box, takes the gloves off without having looked at it first, knows there's a garbage there. You know what I mean? Turns around, throws them away in the garbage because news had gotten out that in the previous election, uh, because I think this was the Warnock uh, special election or something in Georgia, in the previous election, they were starting to check fingerprints on the envelopes. I mean, that scene tells you everything. Somebody had to have coached her, walk past, don't look at the garbage, there'll be one behind you, take off the gloves after dumping the ballots, and then throw the gloves away. Who's arguing with what we saw? I mean, we literally saw that with our eyeballs, didn't we?
2: So so match up that visual, which you can see and remember with Ali Swenson of AP writing in a so-called fact check that it was very cold in Georgia (laughs) around the time of the runoffs. So it's not surprising that some of these people were wearing gloves. Well, first of all, on, as you can see, they're not woolen gloves or leather gloves. They're latex gloves. And second, if it was so cold, why take the gloves off immediately after dumping the ballots and toss the gloves in a trash can? So so in other words, the the the, the actual surveillance evidence is itself
1: debunks the debunkers. It is uh, Dinesh D'Souza. Go to com. Follow him everywhere. His podcast is amazing. You know, you know, you very quickly became a better interviewer than me, and I'm kind of mad at you, be honest with you. But uh, go and check out these interviews. They're long form. His wife, Debbie, is on there all the time. She's amazing. Uh, and go to 2000mules.com, 2000mules.com. Dinesh, I lived in Michigan eight years, and I'm from New York originally. I never once said, honey, have you seen my latex gloves? It's kind of cold out. <laughs> Nobody does that. That would just be stupid, wouldn't it? But, but again, I, I'm, let me ask you this. Why do you think they do that? Do they know that a percentage of those watching and listening don't want to believe we should even ask a question about the previous election? Therefore, they're going to get through to them?
2: Yeah, see, I saw at least two headlines. I think one from Daily Beast. I forget where the other one was. Basically saying, we've seen this film, so you don't have to. The left is terrified that its own audience will see the film and go, whoa, I had no idea that was going on. And listen, I don't have to believe Dinesh. I can see it with my own two eyes. And no one, and I mean no one, has questioned the authenticity of the surveillance footage. It was taken by the states themselves. So what the book does is it basically lays this case out. The film, in a way, by the way, was attacked for some really stupid reasons, including its special effects because, you know, we come in to make the film, Greg and Catherine had already completed this phase of their research. So we recreated Greg Phillips's office. We obviously stuck some maps on the wall. We do what you do in a film recreation and people go, wait a minute, uh, this isn't really his office. Look at those maps. They aren't, they're maps of, of, they're maps of Russia that they're showing on. on the wall. And we're like, this is like watching all the president's men and saying, you know, whoa, that's not the real Washington Post editorial office. That isn't really Woodward and Bernstein sitting there. Those are, you know so films do this but in a book you can do it more like a legal brief you just tell the story you can provide a lot more evidence than is in the movie and you can rebut the critics in a way that they i don't think they can really recover from
1: the book is available now go to 2000mules.com 2000mules.com um what's interesting about all of this is quietly and you know this because you and i study this kind of thing we keep up with it Quietly, we still have some challenges in Arizona, which Cyber Ninjas found wasn't really thrown out. Somebody really did delete some files that was illegal to delete off of the voting rolls. We know that in Georgia, quietly, we're looking into what the hell happened in Georgia. People are still wondering what the heck happened in Michigan. So the the challenges aren't happening as uh, boisterously as they were on January 6th when the House and Senate were going to challenge the electors, they stopped because of that riot that happened that didn't help Trump, it helped Biden. Um, what I wonder is, going into this election that's two weeks away now, how can people trust that their vote is going to count? That is the next. That's the chief question asked of me when I get emails or people go on Twitter or whatever. They want to know, Pags, why would I go and vote when I have no clue that my vote even counted in 2020?
2: Well, let's say a couple of things. Uh, the first one is, it is actually... Uh, Easier to cheat. And what, by the way, we're talking here not about voter fraud, but election fraud. Yes. Voter fraud is when one guy votes three times. That's not going to change any election, most likely. But election fraud is coordinated. Now, it's easier to coordinate election fraud, let's say across multiple states, if you're trying to beat Trump. One guy. on the ticket across the board now imagine that you're you're in the midterm elections and you've got all these different candidates secretary of state you've got one guy running for sheriff you've got another guy running for congress another guy running for senate for governor to cheat in all those races all across the board in multiple states that is inherently harder to do so that's point number one point number two is once two thousand mules is out, in a sense, you've blown that cover. It's kind of like if I were to tell you this Saturday at seven p.m. they're going to try to rob this bank. Well, the robbers, if the robbers go, let's go right ahead. You know, it's a little too obvious. <laughs> People are kind of were looking for it. And so we're, we're
1: like- aware now.
2: Uh, yeah, and there are some people literally kind of camping out at these mail-in drop boxes, having a sort of a tailgate party, looking to see if mules show up. So it's trickier for the Democrats to do exactly the same thing. Now, I'm a little more worried about what they might try to do in 2024. Yeah. I think 2022 is too late for them to to save the day.
1: Well, I'm with you, and I agree with that. But but if we break it down, if you just beat Kerry Lake in Arizona— You still have a Democrat running that state, and you've got somebody who'll do what she's told. If you just beat Tudor Dixon in Michigan, you're going to be okay there and keep Whitmer. If you just beat Oz in Pennsylvania, you might hold on to the Senate. There are a few key races where you might want to pay more attention, but you're saying, we know this, and we've stepped up our heightened sense of awareness.
2: Yeah, Republicans, have. there have been some voter integrity laws. More Republicans have volunteered for to be poll watchers and poll workers since 2000 mules came out. So there is an awareness and there's a greater level of participation. And so this form of cheating, which, by the way, uh, was something that was, uh, I think, decisive in 2020. They might have cheated other ways. Yeah. But this was a, the, the amount of the volume of cheating with the mules alone was enough to give the election to Biden.
1: It is uh, Dinesh D'Souza, go to 2000mules.com, get this book, see the movie if you haven't yet. I'm I'm stunned at anybody who hasn't seen it yet. Go and see it and ask your own questions. I mean, they lay it out scientifically. They they didn't go in saying, we're going to do all we can to prove Trump won. They went in and said, what really happened that day? And I think that that was a valid question, and the hypothesis was answered by the end of it. Uh, I've got to ask you this. How does Mark Zuckerberg get away with almost a half a billion dollars in just funneling money to beat Trump? Dinesh... I, I don't want to bring up bad times for you, but you, you got in a little bit of trouble because you loaned a friend a little more money or you, you donated a little more money to her campaign than you were allowed to. And it wasn't that much. It really wasn't much at all, to be honest. And you got in trouble and and uh, thank God you got pardoned later. But at the end of the day, Mark Zuckerberg almost paid a half a billion dollars to win an election. Why is he scot-free?
2: Why is that okay? Well, the irony of this is that the Zuckerberg move took so much chutzpah nobody even dreamed it would be possible and therefore nobody thought of making it illegal who would have thought that you could come in with money go directly to election offices and tell them essentially We need you to install X number of mail-in drop boxes, and we will tell you where to put them, and we want you to allow us to put left-wing activists inside your office to administer the election. This is what Zuckerberg did in 2020. So yes, I mean, as a moral crime, the guy should be arrested immediately. But when I look for laws to see what law did he break, no one even thought anyone would even do this. So it was so out there, so absurd, the idea that you could infiltrate state-run and and sort of community-run elections, but yet Zuckerberg did it, and he did it with a large volume of cash, and by tying that cash to, uh, to allowing him essentially to take over and ransack the election system.
1: And by the way, he's admitted to it, and he said, yeah, I'll, I'll never do that again. Sorry. Um, Dinesh, you didn't break a federal law. You're right. But every single state sets their election laws as per the U.S. Constitution through the legislature. These legislatures did not okay these drop boxes. Shouldn't, I mean, if we're going to be honest here, and I know this, this will make Trump win, so I look biased, but I'm just, just an honest question. Shouldn't every single ballot that was put in an illegal ballot box have been ignored?
2: Yes. And the part of the problem was that uh, this was a case where courts stepped in and basically said that under the pretext of COVID, no, you didn't follow the rules set up by the legislature, but that's okay. You're excused from not having followed them. Uh, Or people in the executive branch took just took it upon themselves to interpret state laws to be something different than what the law actually said. Now, the Supreme Court this fall is taking up a big case in North Carolina that deals with all this that I hope will settle once and for all. The question of who makes election rules? Is it courts? Is it executive branch officials who take it upon themselves to make up the rules as they go along? Or is it the state legislatures that are empowered directly by the Constitution to make those rules?
1: Why do we have to have those cases, though? We know that it's the latter. We know that the Constitution says the legislatures do this. Um, at the end of the day, you've got legislatures that rolled over. And Dinesh, I, I re- while you were saying that, I read the Constitution quickly again. and It doesn't say if there's a pandemic, then courts can decide anything. So a- at what point is this legal under the American supreme law of the land. It's not.
2: No, but remember that as with the Dobbs decision, the court essentially has to come back and restore the common sense reading of a document. I mean, where was the abortion right in the constitution? It was not to be found at all. The other interesting thing, and this is specific to 2000 mules, the left could always discredit the movie by saying, all right, let's do what Dinesh wants and go interview all the mules. See, I'm willing to put my own theory up to the test. Uh, But the left could say if they're right, and this was the most secure election ever, all the mules will then say, hey, listen, yeah, I did go to 10 drop boxes, but here's the reasonable explanation for it. Or I'm allowed within the law to return my family members ballots. And I just thought I would put one ballot in box one and go to another Dropbox for the second ballot. And my third brother was that went to a third Dropbox. And for whatever reason, I did it that way. So they don't dare to do it because they know that if you started interviewing the mules and you started arresting the mules, the whole scheme would be exposed. And so they're desperate for the next step not to happen, for the next shoe not to drop.
1: 100%. It's Dinesh D'Souza, movie maker, author. He's an amazing speaker. The podcast. Go and check it out. I check it out on Rumble every day. Go and do that as well. Uh, his wife, Debbie, is on there uh, almost all the time, and she's amazing too. Um, and, and also, go get Dan- Danielle's book. Are you kidding me? Dinesh, great movie, great book. Everybody goes and gets it. 2000mules.com. 2000mules.com. It's above reproach. That's why the fact checkers are very, very um, lukewarm in how they try to fact check, and they back down almost immediately when you challenge them. And thank you for the words going to this election. I think people will be buoyed by the fact that what you said is true. There isn't one evil person they're trying to get rid of this time. There are several races, and we should be okay. Dinesh, thanks a million. Hey, always a pleasure, Joe. All right, brother, we appreciate you. We're back after this. Stay right here.
0: This is The Joe Pag Show.
1: Motown Monday, the Joe Pag Show. We enjoy having Dinesh D'Souza on. Great author. Very smart dude. Check out his podcast on Rumble. Also go to 2000mules.com to check out the book. Missed any part of that interview or any interview that I I do here. And we put the entire Tulsi Gabbard interview up today. I put parts one and parts two separately um, the other day. Today we put the entire thing up on Rumble, on YouTube, wherever you like to watch your videos. Go and check that out. And uh, we'll have Dinesh on tonight. I get a lot of emails on this. Where can I find this interview? Where can I find that that bit that you did? Rumble is where I put everything. Some stuff goes to YouTube. Everything goes to Rumble. Joe Pags Show coming back. Go to joepags.com. Back after this.
0: This is The Joe Pags Show.